Well-being. The phrase, state of well-being is often loosely bandied about, but what does this phrase actually mean? It is a rather nebulous phrase, which many interpret as synonymous with welfare or level of happiness, state of physical or mental health or degree of satisfaction with life. Perhaps all these factors do form part of what we mean by this term, but not necessarily so. For example, let us speculate upon Andrea Bocelli, the renowned Italian tenor who became blind at the age of 12. Must his level of positive well-being be significantly compromised because of his physical infirmity? There is every possibility that Bocelli might enjoy an extremely high level of positive well-being despite his lack of sight, since estimation of one's well-being is a highly subjective phenomenon. As the author Antoine de Saint-Exupéry perspicaciously implies in a 1943 story entitled, Le Petit Prince, it is what we think of ourselves that counts and determines our state of well-being. However, what we think of ourselves, for good or ill, can be greatly influenced by what others think of us. I have no right, by anything I do or say, to demean a human being in his own eyes. What matters is not what I think of him, it is what he thinks of himself. Objective Measures of Well-Being we can attempt to measure welfare or well-being in accordance with objective measures, such as where a person may be located on various scales, be they economic, social, psychological, physical or even spiritual, but none of these actually capture the reality of well-being as experienced by the individual. Practitioners often come into contact with many people who ostensibly have no business not to enjoy high levels of positive well-being, status, good health, loving relationships, interesting careers and so much more. And yet, such people are known to suffer from depression, anger, addictions, eating disorders and anxiety, as well as other mental health afflictions. Clearly, then, objective measures alone do not provide an accurate assessment for an individual's state of well-being. Positive well-being is about meeting our expectations. It is generally accepted that being adequately fed, watered, housed and exercised, along with being gainfully employed and well-educated, as well as having good physical health, are all components that facilitate positive well-being, but they are far from the whole story. Well-being is primarily concerned with the degree to which our expectations, dreams and aspirations are met, and these are totally unique to each individual. Many of our attitudes are a direct result of our nurturing in this, along with our own aptitudes and personality, our nature, mingled together to form ideals of what success looks like for each of us. Culture influences our sense of well-being. Depending upon our cultural heritage we might favor a collective or individualistic approach to life, or maybe a combination of the two, and this will color our estimation of personal well-being. In a strictly collectivist society, blending into the group and not drawing attention to oneself generates feelings of acceptance, belonging and comfort. Even if the price paid is conceding to a high degree of conformity to group expectations, this will still work towards affording a sense of positive well-being for the majority who have been socialized in this manner. We are not all equally malleable in continuing to society's conventions. There are mavericks in every society, where the personal imperative outstrips that of the social. These highly autonomous individuals buck the trend and follow their own course of action, often at their own peril. Not to follow their own star would lead to considerable inner conflict and result in a state of negative well-being. Many of this ilk find themselves damned if they do and damned if they don't in subscribing to normative behavior. These people, by not conforming, invite society's disapproval or, by conceding to society's expectations, they feel that they have not been true to themselves and experience dissonance. Dissonance is a state of mental conflict when you experience contradictory emotions and beliefs. In the not-too-distant past, working women who wish to pursue their career after having children face this dilemma. Individualistic Society In fiercely individualistic societies, 
being indistinguishable from the PAC tends to promote negative well-being, since leadership, power and talent differentiate an individual from the herd, attracting kudos and admiration. Individualistic socialization demands that we stand out from the crowd if we are to feel good about ourselves and enjoy positive well-being. This pressure can be seen in cultures that emphasize educational attainment, and prestigious institutions can foster individualism to an even higher level. Collectivist versus individualistic, if it The powerful impact of nurturing and socialization, resulting in the inculcation of society's expectations, mores and values, can be seen in the contrast between collectivist and individualistic societies. Public shame has a far greater negative impact on well-being in Japan, a collectivist society, than it has in contemporary Europe, which favors a more individualistic approach. One only has to look at the number of disgraced European officials who have bounced back into public life, subsequent to their humiliation and ruination. In contrast, a number of Japanese politicians and business leaders have accepted personal responsibility for their government's or organization's shortcomings in the last decade, often resigning their positions. Today, in European society, people tolerate a variety of responses. Some applaud the manifestation of honor and integrity which resignation signals, while others praise the resilience of those who insist upon remaining in post. The important thing to keep in mind is that societal attitudes are constantly changing and evolving. Many people do get stuck in a time warp and hold on to childish perceptions about themselves and feelings, such as shame, which negatively impact their well-being. It is advisable to constantly reassess your perceptions of experiences and work out if the view you are holding is in line with your current values and beliefs. Often when you go through this process you will recognize that you are carrying parental, peer or societal attitudes that are not in tune with your own moral compass, and which therefore need to be updated. Well-being. The phrase, state of well-being is often loosely bandied about, but what does this phrase actually mean? It is a rather nebulous phrase, which many interpret as synonymous with welfare or level of happiness, state of physical or mental health or degree of satisfaction with life. Perhaps all these factors do form part of what we mean by this term, but not necessarily so. For example, let us speculate upon Andrea Bocelli, the renowned Italian tenor who became blind at the age of 12. Must his level of positive well-being be significantly compromised because of his physical infirmity? There is every possibility that Bocelli might enjoy an extremely high level of positive well-being despite his lack of sight, since estimation of one's well-being is a highly subjective phenomenon. As the author Antoine de Saint-Exupéry perspicaciously implies in a 1943 story entitled, Le Petit Prince, it is what we think of ourselves that counts and determines our state of well-being. However, what we think of ourselves, for good or ill, can be greatly influenced by what others think of us. I have no right, by anything I do or say, to demean a human being in his own eyes. What matters is not what I think of him, it is what he thinks of himself. Objective Measures of Well-Being We can attempt to measure welfare or well-being in accordance with objective measures, such as where a person may be located on various scales, be they economic, social, psychological, physical or even spiritual, but none of these actually capture the reality of well-being as experienced by the individual. Practitioners often come into contact with many people who ostensibly have no business not to enjoy high levels of positive well-being, status, good health, loving relationships, interesting careers and so much more. And yet, such people are known to suffer from depression, anger, addictions, eating disorders and anxiety, as well as other mental health afflictions. Clearly, then, objective measures alone do not provide an accurate assessment for an individual's state of well-being. Positive well-being is about meeting our expectations. It is generally accepted that being adequately fed, watered, housed and exercised, 
along with being gainfully employed and well-educated, as well as having good physical health, are all components that facilitate positive well-being, but they are far from the whole story. Well-being is primarily concerned with the degree to which our expectations, dreams and aspirations are met, and these are totally unique to each individual. Many of our attitudes are a direct result of our nurturing in this, along with our own aptitudes and personality, our nature, mingled together to form ideals of what success looks like for each of us. Culture influences our sense of well-being. Depending upon our cultural heritage we might favor a collective or individualistic approach to life, or maybe a combination of the two, and this will color our estimation of personal well-being. In a strictly collectivist society, blending into the group and not drawing attention to oneself generates feelings of acceptance, belonging and comfort. Even if the price paid is conceding to a high degree of conformity to group expectations, this will still work towards affording a sense of positive well-being for the majority who have been socialized in this manner. We are not all equally malleable in continuing to society's conventions. There are mavericks in every society, where the personal imperative outstrips that of the social. These highly autonomous individuals buck the trend and follow their own course of action, often at their own peril. Not to follow their own star would lead to considerable inner conflict and result in a state of negative well-being. Many of this ilk find themselves damned if they do and damned if they don't in subscribing to normative behavior. These people, by not conforming, invite society's disapproval or, by conceding to society's expectations, they feel that they have not been true to themselves and experience dissonance. Dissonance is a state of mental conflict when you experience contradictory emotions and beliefs. In the not-too-distant past, working women who wish to pursue their career after having children face this dilemma. Individualistic Society In fiercely individualistic societies, being indistinguishable from the pack tends to promote negative well-being, since leadership, power and talent differentiate an individual from the herd, attracting kudos and admiration. Individualistic socialization demands that we stand out from the crowd if we are to feel good about ourselves and enjoy positive well-being. This pressure can be seen in cultures that emphasize educational attainment, and prestigious institutions can foster individualism to an even higher level. Collectivist versus individualistic. <laughs> the powerful impact of nurturing and socialization, resulting in the inculcation of society's expectations, mores and values, can be seen in the contrast between collectivist and individualistic societies. Public shame has a far greater negative impact on well-being in Japan, a collectivist society, than it has in contemporary Europe, which favors a more individualistic approach. One only has to look at the number of disgraced European officials who have bounced back into public life, subsequent to their humiliation and ruination. In contrast, a number of Japanese politicians and business leaders have accepted personal responsibility for their government's or organization's shortcomings in the last decade, often resigning their positions. Today, in European society, people tolerate a variety of responses. Some applaud the manifestation of honor and integrity which resignation signals, while others praise the resilience of those who insist upon remaining in post. The important thing to keep in mind is that societal attitudes are constantly changing and evolving. Many people do get stuck in a time warp and hold on to childish perceptions about themselves and feelings, such as shame, which negatively impact their well-being. It is advisable to constantly reassess your perceptions of experiences and work out if the view you are holding is in line with your current values and beliefs. Often when you go through this process you will recognize that you are carrying parental, peer or societal attitudes that are not in tune with your own moral compass, and which therefore need to be updated.